Welcome back to Couples Talk. I'm Steve and I'm here with Connie. Hello. And we're here to continue the mission of changing people's lives by discussing relationships between people, mainly couples. Um, and for lack of any other topic tonight, we thought we would call this one Put Steve on the Spot. Uh, Connie's going to rifle off a few questions, and I have no idea what she's going to ask. I'm not sure I and do And I don't even yet. know how I'm going to answer, so we'll just give it a shot and see where it goes. And take it away. Okay. <laughs> so, what do you know today was missing in your life before we met? What do I know today that was missing in my life before we met? Well, I think I have a better sense of myself. I have a better sense of what it means to want and have a good, solid, meaningful relationship with another person. But I couldn't have done that before we met, a few years before we met, because I hadn't quite completed most of what I needed to complete in terms of understanding myself first. I'm still on that journey. And I think everybody should be for the entire expanse of their lives because it's really a discovery process that never ends, in my opinion. And um, I think I'm more equipped today to have a good, meaningful relationship than I was back then. I don't know if you want to call that maturity or um, experience, what have you. It's really, it's really about knowing how centered you are and being able to share what that means with the person you're chosen to be with. That's kind of how I look at it anyway. Now answer my question. Because <laughs> I thought I just did. What were you missing? Oh. Uh, well, I guess you could say a maturity piece, a, um, a sense of self, you know, a really profound definition of that. Um, not so much a sense of direction, but just not having the, a few a few more tools in my toolkit about how to pursue that direction. And those are the things that I was I was missing. So, so I don't know. That's okay. For lack of a better set of descriptions, that's kind of how I see it. And Obviously, that's not the right set of answers. No, no, no. There's no right. There's, there's your, your response, your answer. So. <laughs> it's not the answers you're looking for. No, um, it's the answer you're giving me. Yeah. Okay. What I'm, I don't know what I'm looking for other than mm. kind of just probing to see um, <laughs> how well you are able to express yourself. Um. I guess another question would be what one thing, what one aspect of who you are has an opportunity to come alive in the process of being together? Despite, I mean, other than sexually. <laughs> what do you mean come alive? Um, Ask the question one more time. What part of you has been lying dormant or maybe non-existent or you weren't aware of? Until I met you? Until we met and 
we started dating? Um, I think just because of who you are and the supreme confidence you have in, in your own sense of self. Um, what's awakened in me is a type of validation that I can do the same thing, that I can arrive at a real groundedness, a real um, profound sense of self like you have. Um, you've been through a lot. You've, you know, you've gotten sober, you've dealt with abuse, you've had a, a long, tough road with therapy and all this for a long time. And you came out beautifully in the end of all that. So you learned a lot of things that the average bear out there hasn't. Um, and so between that and every freaking health self-help book you've ever <laughs> picked up, which is probably the entire library of authors out there, you've grabbed all of these nuggets of guidance and you're able to take the best parts of them and adapt them to your own life. And how does apply that them. resonate with you? Is what I'm because well, how does that resonate? So it resonates because I can see how it makes you a more effective communicator, a more effective Which in turn makes you want to be more open and honest. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it's, and it's a very attractive thing because it, what, what happens is like Gary Zukoff says in a lot of his writings, the greatest relationship is the one where you're trying to make the person you're with better than they were you know, alone. And when that's reciprocal, it's a beautiful thing. You know, you've got strengths that I don't have. and I, Is my I, direct honesty always comfortable? No, but it's not meant to be. <laughs> it's not meant to be. Rigorous honesty, what we talked about the other day, is it's not meant to be comfortable. It's meant to be honest. It's meant to be straightforward. And there's no beating around the bush. It's just straight up. You know, if there's an issue, if there's a thought, an idea, something that needs to be said, there is no hesitation between no the thought and the expression <laughs> of that thought when it comes to you. So for me, that's very refreshing because I like the direct approach. Uh, maybe others need to be given the soft version of that um, in their lives. But I really think direct honesty saves a lot of time and pain otherwise. It just depends on the individual who's receiving it, whether or not they have the capacity to receive it in the spirit and with the intent that it was given. Right. And you're actually really good at that. You're really good at receiving it the way I intend it. Even yeah. we don't always have an opportunity to be in the same room when we're having an uncomfortable conversation. Um, I do think it. there was a, a few times when we, you know, had a, a disagreement over a text and 95% of the time you were able to read it how I wrote it. Mm. There were a few times you didn't, but I would... I remember writing to you and <laughs> asking you, okay, please reread this when you're in a loving place. And you had a totally different experience mm -hmm. because again, you could have been just hung up from a 
another crazy work meeting and I'm sitting at home, haven't had hours to put all these thoughts together and sat down and articulated in, in a way that I felt was productive. And sometimes I found that it was helpful to give you the time to read something versus putting you on the spot mm -hmm. like I am now, putting you on the spot and just trying to have a conversation because when you think of it, I clearly have already had like an hour or two or three or maybe a week for this, for whatever it is I'm going to be confronting you with or talking to you about for me to expect you to hear it for the first time and respond immediately. I, I never thought that was fair. Mm. And so I would come from a place of, well, I'll just text it to him. Meanwhile, you don't communicate well via text. <laughs> no, I don't. Because you can't feel the emotions. You can't see no. my smile or frown or tears or whatever it is. Um, no, the and again, I learned the that. human voice is a very meaningful thing to me personally. Yeah. And in this day of techno talk, yeah, all digital. I text I mean, and talk the same way, though. Yeah, it just, you know, it just isn't for me delivered the same way. It certainly isn't interpreted the same way. And I tend to read those things almost like I read a, an email from work or something. Right. And then, you know, when I misinterpret it and I attempt a response and it's totally off base because <laughs> I didn't understand it. It's like, oh, my God, here we go. Now we're in a totally different dimension of There's discussion. There's the nights that I just turn the phone off and go to bed and figure, okay. So we, I do remember there was one time. I remember. And this is so... So I'm going to explain what happened because it was, it was so not what either one of us thought. Mm. And it was back when I had decided I was going to fast. Mm. I was going to get up in the morning, not have breakfast, not have lunch, not have dinner, not have anything other than water and tea. So Steve decided he was going to do it with me. He didn't have to. I thought, okay, great. I remember this now. He's, he's on this with me. <laughs> and um, I think it was like three or four o'clock. I remember reaching out to you and texting you and saying, oh, I'm starving. And uh, you were like, hang in there, have some more water. And um, again, I was still, you know, hungry at five or six o'clock, six thirty. And I remember mentioning that to you in a text <laughs> and he didn't respond like he was hungry or feeling what I was feeling. And I was like, hmm, hmm. And then you told me you had soup. <laughs> and oh, my God, I'll tell you what that did to me was just first of all, it was ridiculous in one sense what it did to me but in another aspect when you look at it from where I looked from it it was very very different and I didn't care if this guy had 10 bowls of soup or five cups of coffee or eight all day like what you were doing was totally up to yourself but the fact that you said you were going to be in this with me and then I felt that you led on led me on to think you were still Mm -hmm. on this with me and it was kind of coming from a place of care I thought in one hand but the fact that he was not being honest 
it just put yeah. me in a very, very, very frightened place. Because mm. um, one of the one of the complete reasons that that you know I was drawn to you from day one, and to this day I would say the same thing: you are the safest guy on the planet. And I know that, even when I don't feel it, I know that. I know that's always going to be my truth. But in that moment when you had said you had soup and then I started my little investigation and I was like, well, what time did you have the soup? <laughs> and I wanted to see, had he pretended he was still on the same page as me with the not eating and pretending he was. And I remember you responded with, what time? I don't know, five-ish. Do you want to know what was in the soup? <laughs> and you just went off on your own little tyrant. And um, yeah, it was I actually when, when I remember your last message to me was like, you basically made me sound like I'm a nut job <laughs> and totally didn't understand the feelings underneath what I was no, saying. I didn't. And you couldn't possibly yeah. because it was just all in writing. Meanwhile, I'm at home uh, sitting back and no longer feeling that same safe feeling that I had. Mm -hmm because you let me believe you were on board and you weren't. Yeah, and you know, what I, one of the things I've learned about you is that when you're all in on something, you are all in to the absolute phonetic end of the definition of the word, word in. And for me, I was all in on the concept and I gave it a shot and I'm like, okay, I've done my part. <laughs> <laughs> but that is where the, that it wasn't dishonest per se. No, it's, you didn't do anything that day maliciously. You yeah, did no, no, not. No. You were just going about your day. You got hungry. You popped over to Whole Foods. <laughs> and the only part was like, I'm still thinking we're By the on. Way, the soup was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking we're in this together. And the fact that you violated that without, and mm. you could have easily said to me, honey, I can't hang in here anymore. I'm going to go get some soup. I'm like, enjoy it. But it wasn't. It was so much deeper than yeah. that. And I yeah. think that was one of the days that you really developed even a deeper appreciation for well, exactly. where I breathe from. Exactly. And that was just it, is now I had a new understanding of what is precious to you and what's important. And when you say, um, hey, do you want to do a thing like that with me, fasting or what have you? It's not just a conceptual attempt. It's not just sort of a you know, go ahead and do it nonchalantly. You know, you're either in it or you're not. And let's get And either way I would have been fine. Yeah, sure. But to say one thing and do something that's else, it. it's it's just that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm a stickler for that for that. In terms of this podcast and what we're trying to do to, you know, fulfill our mission of um, helping other people and talking about these kinds of things between uh, you know two people in a couplehood. It's very, very important to understand the um, sort of the context and the depth of communication. Well, I think it's really what makes it easy for me is that when I do take the opportunity and I a lot of times what some of the stuff that I need to explain to you about me puts me in a very vulnerable place. But the reason why that works is because you show up. 
you show up and you want to hear about it. Yeah. You want to learn. Um, and I want to understand how what I just wrote from what I think I wrote this lovely, wonderful, caring, <laughs> loving, supporting text. And you read it from like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what did I trigger in you? And, and I think neither one of us ever want to hurt each other. No. And I think we, we actually met a pact that we will never intentionally hurt each other. No, I course. think, but I do know we will hurt each other. It's inevitable because we're in it this is. together. Human. But it'll never be intentionally. And when one realizes we've hurt the other one, it's like one of us needs to, you know, say time out. Let's, let's, let's revisit this. But if you weren't who you are, um, there'd be no way I'd be able to keep yeah. showing up. I mean, there's been many relationships where I've tried to explain myself and mm -hmm. I just get a thrown back some kind of a logic response mm -hmm. and... I know right off the bat who's interested in, in going in the gutter sometimes. Well, we're learning each other's intimate languages. Right. And I don't just mean Gaelic. <laughs> Your part. Uh, although I hear a few of those words every now and then, too. No, we're learning about each other's languages. And those languages are love languages. They're communication styles. They're the meaningful depths of uh, you know what's important to each other and how we translate and how we words, translate interpret even the apply. same language and most importantly how do we hold the other person up in the way we listen and talk communicate you know how, how do you build your partner up instead of worrying about building yourself up right that is the key, I believe. And that kind of answers the question you asked me earlier. Yeah, Wayne Dyer used to say something really beautiful. He used to say, if everyone got up in the morning or each partner got up in the morning, let's say I would wake up in the morning and my first thought would be, what can I do today to make Steve's day better? And if Steve was getting up in the morning and saying, what can I do today to make Connie's life, life better? That would be such a cool way of living because we'd be both giving. Right. And inevitably we're receiving when we're giving. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is the essence of... You used to get up in the morning and look for your coffee. That was your first thought. <laughs> I'm looking for Barry's Irish tea. Now yeah, we switched exactly. to tea. <laughs> well, on that note, I think uh, that concludes our podcast for tonight uh, of having put me on the spot with a couple things. And I'm, I'm glad um, for this because it, it, it wends its way into all kinds of little subtopics and reveals a little bit about myself and Connie. And the, there's a vulnerability aspect to this. And that's really a key is to understand you got to be open, honest and vulnerable in these things and just you know lay it on the line and and. Uh, and be truthful about it. So with that, I will sign off for tonight. I'm Steve. And Connie. And Connie. And uh, we look forward to talking with you soon again about another topic. Take care. Be safe.